Good morning and welcome to Zoom with Zarni. I'm Dustin Zarni, Democratic Elections Commissioner for Onondaga County. This is my interview show and I'm happy to have as my guest, Erica Smitka, who is the Executive Director of the League of Women Voters for New York State. We have an incredible conversation about the history of the League, the tie-ins here to Central New York, and also uh, the hopes of the League of Women Voters for this session in terms of voting rights and also the budget concerns that are going on right now. Uh, we are still waiting um, the, the final budget. That probably won't happen until later in April. And so negotiations are well underway between the uh, the three parties, the Senate, the, the Assembly, and the governor on how that budget is going to affect all of New Yorkers and all the different programs. But most especially for me, county boards of elections, because there's different levels of funding that are in there. And we're hopeful to see that, uh, uh, you know, some uh, dedicated funding coming to the county boards this year to get ready for the 2024 presidential election. Uh, earlier this week, we had our March Village elections. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we uh, had winners in Fayetteville and Manlius. It looks like uh, there are no... Uh, um, close enough races to warrant a hand count at this point. So it looks like pretty definitive. We'll be able to certify those elections tomorrow and put the final results up on our website. We did put them up on our Facebook and Twitter accounts. Um, but uh, hopefully uh, we'll be able to wrap that up and start working on the June primary. But before we do that, we have to train election inspectors and announce polling places. And all of those things are going to be coming up in the next few weeks. So Stay tuned to my commissioner in the cars where I talk about uh, these things a little bit more in detail. But for now, I want to get right to my interview with Erica Smitka of the League of Women Voters of New York State. Enjoy. And we're back, and I'm so happy to have my good friend Erica Smitka. She's the deputy director and legislative director of the League of Women Voters for New York State. Erica. Thanks for coming back on the program. Well, you're not, it's your first time on the program, but the league has been on the program several times. So but thank you for coming on. Yes. Yeah. Happy, happy to be here. Uh, happy to continue the league's legacy on, on the podcast. So, well, Erica, uh, you know, I know we live and die elections and we know all, you know, and I think most people in the election world absolutely knows about the league of women voters, but there are going to be people on this podcast that are checking this out for the first time. So tell us a little bit about the League of Women Voters, the, your history, and, uh, you know, give a little background on, about what the League of Women Voters in New York does. Sure. Um, so the League was founded just about 103 years ago, um, just after women won the right to vote in, in, uh, in New York State. So... Um, we've been around for, for over 100 years, and we were originally founded as a way to really, um, you know, pull all of those women who were engaged in, in earning and, and winning that right to vote um, and harnessing that energy, um, pulling women together so that uh, now that women have the right to vote, okay, how are, how are women going to use that power to vote in a way that, that benefits women um, and and really benefits all New Yorkers. So 
um, especially, you know, around that time, it was women had a lot of influence from either their their husbands or their brothers or their fathers. Um, and so the League of Women Voters was established uh, around that time from the um, the women's suffrage movement to give women that that continued power and, and platform. Um, and so, you know, in the past hundred years, we've we've been doing a lot. We continue to fight uh, for voting rights, but not just for women, but for for all New Yorkers, um, and continue to ensure that every single New Yorker has access to the ballot, um, and that everyone can you know let their their voice be heard in our democracy. But in addition to election work and and voting rights work, we do uh, a lot of other things. So um, we, for many decades, have have played a role in. Uh, women's rights as it relates to whether it be fair pay or um, access to, to health care. Uh, we have played a role in a number of different large environmental pieces of legislation over the years. Uh, we have a, a recently created criminal justice group. Um, so you, you will definitely see us out there kind of pounding the pavement, registering voters and talking about voting rights. But, you know, you may also see us at, uh, at, at a rally for Clean Slate, for example. So... That's great. And, you know, for those of you who are watching this and don't know, the League of Women Voters has chapters in just about every county uh, in New York. And, and in central New York, the Onondaga County Central New York chapter is very active. Um, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to your, your website where you can find your local chapters there. So if you're interested, please uh, get out there. And, of course, those of you who don't know, central New York has a major role in the women's suffrage movement. And right here in our own backyard in Onondaga County, uh, the Matilda Jocelyn Gage Center is in Fayetteville. She was one of the founders of the Women's Suffrage Unit, along with uh, uh, Elizabeth, uh, or, or Deborah, Elizabeth Stanton and Deborah, uh, um, oh, who's the third one? The, the, the other two from Seneca Falls. There was, oh, oh, you know, um, uh, the one the coin. Uh, I can't believe I'm forgetting. Uh, Susan? Susan B. Susan Anthony. B. Anthony. How, oh, how am I forgetting that? But yeah. those two were from Seneca. But the third uh, pioneer was here, uh, you know, in, in uh, central New York, in Onondaga County. And so check out the Matilda Jocelyn Gage Center in Fayetteville. Um, Erica, you're the deputy director and the legislative director. So what do you do for the league and, and how did you get involved? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, I want to real quick jump back and 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 thank you for talking about kind of the wide reach of the league. Uh, something I absolutely should have mentioned. We have uh, forty three local leagues across New York State with thousands of of members statewide, um, and you know across the nation we're a a, a U.S. wide organization. We actually have a, a Hong Kong chapter, so you could call us an international organization. Um, and you know, we've got thousands of of members across the U.S. as well. But uh, but how did I get in, involved with the league? Um, I have a background in my background is primarily in campaigning. Um, it's in the the campaign world. It's in politics. It's in um, kind of uh, the the campaign, the campaign world, um, whether it be working on on different campaigns over the years or working um, the other, it's either the campaign world I was working in or the fundraising world. So uh, whether it was fundraising for nonprofits or uh, doing a, a little bit of grant work here and there, um, 
that's that's kind of the the background and where I came from. And the league is something that you know immediately interested was was of interest to me because it it combined. I could really take that that prior work I had in politics and advocacy and and elevate it a little bit and and really speak to issues that are important to New Yorkers, which is something that I'm really passionate about as a uh, um, you know, a born and raised Albany, uh, Albanian. I don't, I don't know if that's what you call us, but <laughs> who knows? Um, so that's, that's kind of how I found myself at the league. And I always tell people I do a little bit of everything here. Uh, you know, you'll primarily see me working on legislative issues, working on advocacy issues, especially around this time, we're talking budget, we're talking, um, you know, we're in, in the legislative session. Um, but, you know, also, talking and, and working with local leagues to ensure that they are really the backbone of, of what we do uh, and are, are boots on the ground in so many ways. So really just ensuring our local leagues have the support they need to continue to do the great work that they do. That, that's a great segue to where I want to go next, because you talked about session, but you also talked about budget. Uh, you know, at the time of airing of this, the budget is probably a week to 10 days away. You know, it's, it's supposed to come out April 1st. That sometimes it's April Fool's Day uh, because, you know, there's always a big push at the end for some uh, last minute touches on the budget. But, Erica, what is the league hoping for out of the budget session? What are you uh, advocating for in the budget, uh, you know, for this year for elections? Yeah, well, one of the main things that we're advocating for is really echoing um something that, that you, Dustin, have called for and the New York State uh, Election Commissioners Association has called for, the Democratic Caucus, um, which is more support for local boards of elections. We'd really like to see a direct line of funding to fund local boards uh, so that you all can do the work you do and implement so many of the fantastic changes that New York State has made to election law over the past few years. Um, but, you know, you all need the funding to exist for, for you to, to be able to implement those things, right? Um, so we're asking for 20 million for local boards. Um, we're also asking for continued support for automatic voter registration um, that was included in the budget. We wanna make sure it's in the final budget uh, because that process has to continue to move forward so that it's a lot easier for New Yorkers to get registered to vote. Um, we're asking for $5 million to support the John R. Lewis voting rights uh, database and the implementation of that, which was a, a historic win last year, but we kind of need this database piece to ensure that uh, it's implemented and implemented effectively. Um, and one of the other things we're, we're really hoping to see is, is full support and, and funding for public campaign finance, which is, you know, New York State has a, a new program, it's a historic program, um, and really one of the first to address the role of large uh, you know, big donors and wealthy influencers in in our politics. So uh, we're hoping to see full support for uh, for that program as well. Um, but yeah. as you said, the the budget's wrapping up. So well, and I'm I'm glad you're. You know, obviously we share a lot of uh, um, goals uh, when it comes to funding, but it, it's important to re to remind people that you know. Almost every other, you know, the the vast majority of other states have direct funding of some form for their local county boards. New York is one of only a little bit over a dozen states that don't have direct funding. Um, and that's 
important because, you know, you have a wide disparity of funding when it comes from county to county. And, uh, you know, and that creates a, the reason you want a baseline funding or, or some kind of aid, you know, I, I, I've likened it to school aid. It's, you know, I know that's a, a, tough, a touchy subject because it's never quite gotten right. Yeah. But uh, but school aid, we do provide school aid in New York. So underserved uh, schools will have the resources to give the basic necessities. We should think about that for election sports as well. And, you know, that may not come this year. You know, right now we're looking for funding for this year and to go into next. But that is definitely a long-term conversation that we need to have. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, as, as you probably know better than anyone, uh, elections are often the last kind of item on the list when it comes to where counties decide where they're putting some of their funds. But, you know, one of the, the most important places where, where we should direct our funds, uh, because, you know, that's how that's how our democracy works and works effectively. So I agree. So as we wrap up, uh, you know, the budget season, then you know, people don't realize that, like, you know, there's still two months of session left after that. And that is when, mo you know, most of the election laws tend to get passed is in the last few days. We we had this brief moment of sanity in 2019 where we passed a whole bunch of election laws in both chambers in the first week and got more time to implement it throughout the year. But that, since then, it's been the Senate passing bills early and then the assembly deciding which ones they want to take. And then both of them passing new bills in April and May uh, and going into June. So um, what are some of the things that you're hoping for non-budget-wise uh, for the legislature to address? Yeah, I, mean, I think you really hit the, the nail on the head because that's exactly what we've seen again this year. We've seen the Senate pass a, you know, a bucket, a package of, of election reform bills right up front. And we're now kind of waiting on the assembly to, to see what they're going to do next. So um, some of the things that the lead would love to see post-budget, um, we'd love to see some legislation that would uh, codify voting in jails and, and access to voting um, for those who are in jail. Um, we'd like to see the implementation of the recently passed 10-day voter registration bill. We want to make sure that we we see the implementation piece passed this session. Um, we are going to be looking to looking out for that that New York VRA database bill if it's not passed. Um, you know, we've always got our eye out for is now the right time to to restart the same-day voter registration and, and no excuse absentee process. And I, I don't know that this will be the year, but um, but we'll be looking out for that. Um, and then the last thing we're going to be working on is talking about poll worker training and consistent poll worker training, um, which is a bill that was passed in the Senate, and we'd love for it to be passed in the Assembly. And uh, then the, I guess my the final thing uh, would be looking to uh, and looking for more support for voter outreach and media campaigns for you know, local boards of elections um, and for groups so that voters are aware of, you know, exactly where they need to vote and and how they need to vote. So that's something we're pushing for in the budget. Um, but if we don't see it there, we're going to be looking at alternative, you know, pieces of legislation afterwards. So let's, um, you know, kind of nail down on some of these things, because I think, you know, it's a great list uh, and it's a list I share. But let's let's talk about the codifying in jails because I think people uh, don't realize that when somebody is in jail, 
either awaiting bail or they've been sentenced to a misdemeanor. We're not talking about prison. We're talking about jails where they, they're not being convicted of a felony. So they are still franchised. They still can have, they have the right to vote, but there's a lot of difficulties uh, that they face. So what are you hoping to do? What kind of codification changes are you looking for to help it easier for those that are awaiting trial or, uh, you know, in jail based on a misdemeanor um, conviction, but not a felony? What What are you hoping, uh, what, what does New York State need to do to make sure those, those people are franchised? Yeah, and this is something I really should know up front that our, our colleagues and our um our friends over at Brooklyn Voters Alliance and Vote Early New York have been working uh, really heavily on this season. So I'll defer to those guys for kind of the nitty gritty aspects of it. But, um, you know, by and large across New York State, the process just is not the same for, for those who are in jail when it comes to voting. And ultimately, what we've found is that a lot of it comes down to the sheriff um, in that county. And if the sheriff will allow voting rights organizations, voter registration groups um, to, to come in and to provide some of this education, to provide absentee ballot applications, um, and to really ensure that the process is there. But so much of it is subjective, really, based on on if the sheriff would, is, is going to allow groups to, uh, to come in and ensure that people can vote. So one of the things that the league has been working on this year actually is a study across New York State, reaching out to sheriffs and working with our local leagues across the state to take a look at, you know, what does the process of voting look like in jails in each and every county? Um, and, and where are counties that we could kind of use as a model, perhaps, for other counties? And, and where are counties where, you know, we just really don't see that access there at all? So that's something that is currently in progress. But um, ultimately, a piece of legislation that would kind of codify this would... Um, would would make you know voting and, and access to voting it would kind of follow similar structures that new york state already has in place um such as uh you know how someone may vote in in a nursing home for example um there are structures and, and laws that are already in place to make that process easy and to to make it pretty straightforward um and as i understand it the proposed um not yet proposed, but you know, a potentially proposed piece of legislation would follow that exact same model. So we're not reinventing the wheel. We're just expanding, uh, expanding access to people who should already have access to to the ballot and to be able to vote. Yeah, and I think a lot of that can also be educational. You know, by the sheriff, that you know, we've made it very easy to apply for an absentee ballot online now. Uh, you know, and and no matter where people have their home residence, they can have their absentee ballot delivered to, to the jail uh, via U.S. mail and, and return it via U.S. mail for free. Now, another new yeah. uh, piece of legislation that was passed. So and while, you know, I, I understand that some people would have concerns about in-person contact at jails, we can bypass that in some ways through technology and the implementation of free vote by mail, you know, now there's a lot of ways that we can be creative uh, with that. So, you know, again, these people are e either not yet convicted, so they're innocent until proven guilty, and they're just in on bail, or um, 
or, uh, you know, they've only been convicted of a misdemeanor and New York state constitution and law say that they are allowed to vote. So they should be allowed to vote. Uh, I agree with that. Uh, I think, I do think the big change that's coming this year is the 10 day uh, voter registration. And for those who don't uh, remember, we used to have a 25 day cutoff before any general or primary election. It is now down to 15 days by mail uh, or online through the DMV and 10 days in person. And with early voting starting on the 10th day, there's a lot of things that are going to be unique to New York, but we're waiting for chapter amendments from the governor's office. So what are you hoping those chapter amendments, when do you hope those chapter amendments will come uh, for the implementation of the regulations? And what are you hoping it will eventually say, or have you taken a position yet on that? Yeah, the league hasn't officially taken a position on it yet. Um, I will say that we hope that they come sooner rather than later. Uh, you know, the election is is it was March now, and I know it's it's just around the corner. Um, but you know, what we really hope to see is we hope to see a process put into place that makes it as easy as possible, not just for the voter, but also for administrators, for our local boards of elections, who are going to be kind of thrown into to a new process. Um, you know, as you said, the, there will be that one day, that overlap day that advocates call a golden day, um, which will be a day in which someone could register to vote and vote on the same day. Um, and so that's going to be a completely new process for New York State. And we really want to see it go as smoothly as it possibly can. So, um, you know, we're looking at, at a few different pieces of legislation, but um, ensuring and, you know, are, are hoping for a uh, you know, are talking about the types of chapter amendments that could happen, but ultimately at the end of the day, we just want to make sure it's a process that makes sense. So and another thing you mentioned is John R. Lewis uh, voting rights database. This is something that I was a big advocate for too. So I'm a data guy, love data. I it, It's so, uh, you know, to get data again, because elections are run by county boards. If If an election happens within a county, you have to go to that county board to get the data on past elections and all of this other stuff or shape files or whatever uh, you want. And that can be hard to get 62 counties to comply. They have different levels of funding, different levels of websites that are usually run by their county administrators. You know, so it's not something that we're very good at is transmitting the data after for past elections like we're usually pretty good about transmitting data on election night but after that it kind of goes into a black hole and uh and that's what this database is going to fix um and 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 so I'm, i'm really glad to hear about you know that but you also talked about uh support for the public campaign finance system and a lot of the i've done a lot of advocates over the last two months that's one of their big things uh you know, to talk about the funding for that. Um, why is it important to fund it this year as opposed to funding it next year? I know they the, the governor's budget called for administrative funding, which I think expands a lot. I mean, there's a lot of staff that are coming into this that's in the governor's budget right now. Yeah. Uh, but there's not the campaign matching funds. And since those matching funds don't get paid till next year, after the budget cycle, why is it important for it to be in this year as opposed to next year? Yeah, well, one of the most important things about this program, it's a, 
you know, New York State's first real push to to address large, you know, big uh, funders in politics and these special interest groups. Um, and one of the most important things that we can do this year is ensure that it gets off the ground and gets off the ground effectively. And in order to do that, the only way we can do that is if we have buy-in from candidates. Uh, and a candidate isn't necessarily going to be enticed to to sign up for a system if they don't see the funding there. If the funding isn't there to, to match their funds, you know, why why would they sign up, right? Um, but in order to get this program off the ground, we've got to see that that uh, $100 million in matching funds present so that candidates are excited about the program and they're excited to get involved. You know, ultimately, it will lower the financial barrier of entry for people to run for office, which means that we'll see people running for office who are more representative of everyday New Yorkers. And, you know, that's what's most important, that your your representative represents you and um, and and could be you someday, right? Not Well, not me. I, I, not I'm, I'm, fine, I'm fine with where I am. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, I'd rather count the votes than go out and court them myself. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but no, I, I agree. Um, you know, this is a a revolutionary program and uh i'm looking forward to seeing it get implemented because i do think it will lower some barriers for people and i do think that it will take some of the big the power away from the big donors and give it back to smaller donors and that's that's uh the, in a post citizens united world this is one of our few ways to actually combat that is to make the small donors more powerful uh than than the big donors um well, we're starting to get kind of close to the end of our time. Uh, you know, I, I, I think uh, uh, so. But I always like to uh, end with my catch-all question of what haven't we talked about today? What is something important to you or the league or, you know, bragging about your dog? Whatever you want. you get, it, it, the, the floor is yours. So what what haven't we talked about today? Uh, well, I wish I had a dog to brag about, but uh, because I don't, I will talk about consistent poll worker training across the state. Um, the league would love to see more consistent poll worker training. Um, this is something we, we've been doing an informal study on actually this past year, looking at different poll worker training manuals um, in counties across the state and comparing them. Um, and by and large, they're, they're quite similar, but we still see some inconsistencies. Um, and when voters show up at the polls, it is you know, we really should be doing our best to streamline and standardize a training approach that is inclusive to all New Yorkers so that when people do show up at the polls, whether it be, um, you know, someone whose first language might not be English, whether it be someone who um, has a, a disability or um, difficulty communicating, they may be expecting a, a set list of questions that they might be asked. Um, and when those questions are different than what they're expecting, um, it, it could potentially lead to, um, to some difficulty that they might have, you know, voting or just difficulty, you know, understanding how the system works. But really, we all should be, we all should get the same experience, right, when we show up to the polls so that it's as inclusive as possible um, and that all New Yorkers feel comfortable and able to, to go out and vote. Yeah, so... I, I'm glad you talked about that. You know what? I said we we're going to end, but I want to. I want. I want to talk about this because I think uh, consistency is actually a big problem in New York. I, I think it's a it's a big problem because of the way we have traditionally viewed our elections as county run boards, and some people, 
and I think there's an even split at the state board about this. The, some people view the state board as advisory and some people view it as regulatory. And if it was more regulatory, I think we'd have more consistency because they could lay down edicts. And I also think, and this is a conversation for maybe a, a year down the line or maybe some other, the, you know, we all have different technology at the different boards, different voter registration systems, different uh, 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 precinct scanners, different poll books. And that leads our training to be different for poll workers as well, because they got to more and more they're dealing with technology and the unique technology. There are just different functions, you know, based on the different vendors. So I would love New York to start looking like what New Jersey did and what, uh, you know, Colorado did and, and some other uh, states that where they have more uniform um, vendors or, or they outright own uh their election infrastructure, uh, which would lead to more consistency, which would lead to a top-down approach, which I know a lot of people think is bad. But in the election world, consistency we have a we have a uh, uh, we have a very mobile society. People move across county lines. They move from upstate to downstate, and vice versa. And but their voting experience should be the same wherever they are, and the same resources. Yes but also the same consistency. So I'm glad you brought that up. And that, that's something that I share as well. <laughs> so Absolutely, that's yeah. my soapbox. I got on my soapbox at the end of the program, but that, that's uh, that's what I did. That's <laughs> <But, laughs> no, uh, great. And, you know, just one last thing to that point, though. I mean, I, as I'm sure, um, you know, it's ever harder to recruit poll workers, right, to, to work at the polls. And so a poll worker should be able to, if they worked in uh, Onondaga County, should be able to work in Onondaga County. And, and then, you know, maybe the next year, if they've moved to Albany, work in Albany County. And the process should be fairly similar so that, you know, we've got, again, that consistency there um, and that, that knowledge there. But I agree with you, Dustin. All right, Erica. Well, thank you. Uh, where can people find the League of Women Voters uh, online? Um, you can find us at our website, www.lwvny.org, or you can find us on Instagram at the LWVNY, um, Twitter, and Facebook, all with the same handle. And I'm going to put the website into the show notes. Uh, if you're interested in getting involved, there's a local chapter near you. Get involved. Uh, and you don't have to be a woman to get involved with the League of Women Voters. There are uh, male members as well. It, it, it's an organization that is there for all voters, but it has this rich history uh, born out of the women's suffrage unit, which uh, suffrage uh, uh, movement. Uh, so, uh, you know, and I, I want to thank you, Erica and the League, for all your work you do on behalf of voters. And uh, I appreciate all the advocacy that you do, uh, you know, for boards of elections, but also for the voters themselves. So thank you. Well, thank you, Dustin. Thank you for having me, and uh, and thank you for, for all of your work. And that was my interview with Erica Smicka of the League of Women Voters of New York State. I'm uh, really happy that she came on. She's a great guest, and uh, really uh, love the work that the League of Women Voters does locally and uh, throughout all of New York State. So uh, check out the show notes. You can find uh, a link to uh, join them, or, you know, there's a great local club, uh, so uh, please uh, think about it, uh, joining them if you're interested in that work. Uh, later this week, I'll be doing a weekly walk on the town of Spafford, 
uh, that is another town that is doing petitions right now to put candidates on the local ballot. Uh, so they're, uh, it's an interesting little town because you would think it'd be a very Republican town, but there has been se several successes of Democrats in that town, including holding uh, control of the town board and supervisor not many years ago and still being able to win townwide. Uh, we'll uh, check in and see what the uh, demographics look in those weekly wants uh, this week. Next week, I will not be doing a Zoom with Zarni. Uh, as I will be doing one of my Zarni seminars, and that will be on uh, objections uh, to petitions and uh, filing petitions and objections to petitions, because the week after that uh, will be uh, the week that uh, we are actually doing filing. So I like to do my Zarni seminar right before that, so people know all the new uh nuances. And for my commissioner in the car next week, I'll be dealing with the new polling places for the general election. We are announcing those uh, next week. Um, they have been finalized uh, and there's a lot of changes because of redistricting, because of places that were overloaded and that we added some po polling places and also uh, some moving around uh, because some other polling places uh, were no longer available to us. So um Check that out because there's a big changes, but I think for the better in Onondaga County, we have uh, we've been able to spread this out. We still have the same number of polling places because we added some, took some away, but uh, I think they're better planned out and uh, they're all done to avoid lines, uh, especially next year in 2024. So uh, check check that out. Now, my commissioner and car, I'll be talking about these polling places pretty much all year because of all the changes. So. Uh, my commissioner in a car will be dedicated towards that this year, the next week. All right. Remember to go to DustinZarney.com. You can uh, subscribe, uh, get uh, email uh, notifications whenever I upload election news or content. I've been putting up uh, a lot of our memorandums of support for the Democratic Caucus for various election bills. So if you want to be... Um, you know, on top of that and with the bills that you might want to talk to your own assembly and senators about supporting, uh, check out uh, DustinZarney.com. That's a new feature I'm putting up. Uh, and remember, I pay for that all myself. I never take ad money. I never will have a subscription. It's all part of my public outreach as uh, elections commissioner in Onondaga County and my chair uh, chairmanship of the New York State Democratic Caucus of Commissioners. Thank you again and enjoy your day. Thank <music> you.